Thank you, listener, for tuning in to Man into Making with former monk Rajan Shankara and myself, Rokas. And thank you, Raj, for being here with me to record this episode. Rokas, I'm excited. Let's rock and roll. Okay, so a Q&A again. I haven't told you what this will be about, so it will be... Total surprise. Under flight, yeah. <laughs> think about anything. Okay, so first question. Uh, how do words have the power to negatively impact a person psychologically? And is there a way to detach from internalizing those words? Okay, let's, let me say a sec, second. Okay, how do words negatively impact p- people? Mm-hmm. And then what was the second question? Is there a way to detach from internalizing those words? Yeah, right, right, right. That's a great question because that's what happens. Uh, that's how we're affected by the social mirror. People say things to us and it creates this vision of who we are. It's not actually true. Sometimes it's negative. Sometimes it's positive. Um, hopefully it's positive more than negative. Okay. So the, the first point is how does that process, how do words negatively impact us? Yeah. So when, when it, it comes from outside of us and inside of us, right? So we have the ability to negatively impact our own uh, self-image, our own uh, state of mind, and uh, that lowers self-confidence, self-worth, and self-esteem. And then it can come from outside of us. It's just a, the social mirror is just a projection from other people or other things like, like media and movies and role models, right? onto us that that mechanism happens because we are as humans our primary one of our primary motivations is status meaning we are always um trying to trying to appear um better stronger uh more important than we actually may be. We're always having to deal with the ego. That's how that, that's the why. That's the why we're affected by things because we always want our things to positively impact status. The how is just, it comes from other people, um, other other factors like uh, institutions, organizations we're involved in, anything outside of ourselves. Ideas that we then learn and pick up on creep inside, they, they, they stay there inside of us and, and then it, it kind of infiltrates from within and then all of a sudden we're filled with uh, negative self-perception and, and who we're seeing in the mirror, right? We're kind of judging ourselves and we're creating this other person. I, I, I think that's why, I think that's how too. Um, does that make sense? How do you detach from, so <clears throat> as an example. Yeah, knowing um, that that happens, how do you detach? But it's not the same. So let's say someone is saying something negative to another person. Let's say they're having an argument and person A is saying things to person B like mean things. And you don't really pay attention to that. But if person A was saying those same things to you, then that would have an effect on you and it would raise emotions. 
So yeah. why do those same words, why do you not feel really anything when they're being said to someone else, but you internalize it when it's being said to you? And how do you not do that? Because I've tried like not internalizing it, but it just you just by knowing that how it works, like it, that doesn't help not internalizing it. Yeah, it takes practice. And, and, and so when it's said to someone else, right, it's not being said to you. So if your status, if you're an ego, if you're a fleshy ego um, machine and, uh, you know, commands are being inputted into you, you pay attention and you're affected by them. But if it's happening to another system outside of yourself, it's another in, in, independent uh, machine. Uh, it's another system that is not you're not being your status does not change um if theirs is unless it's someone close to you right if it's that's how we get affected and 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 um we can be uh uh we, we can become frustrated when uh, someone close to us is what's the word i'm trying to think of when they're um if someone is disrespected in front of you that you love or care about, um, then we have the ability to kind of link our status together, link our, our history together. And then all of a sudden it, it, it makes us furious because it's a community kind of status. But if it's someone you don't know or, or you're not necessarily attached to this other person being negatively impacted, you're the one, you're not the one being, being spoken to. You're, you're kind of an individual at that moment. Um, and when it's said to you, you have to practice. There's practice involved, but in the, in the, if you zoom out in the, in the great big scheme of things, your it's, it's affecting your self-confidence if you're not really that confident of a person if you believe it already. So if you don't, if you, if you believe in yourself, um, anyone can say something and you just, it won't affect you at all because you know that it's a projection that that's when you're truly confident. But if you're not truly confident, right, you're just like part way there. Someone still can have power over how you feel about yourself. So that's why you have to keep reinforcing who you are with positive uh, rituals and, you have to practice. You have to practice being important. You have to practice changing other people and practice having an effect on, on other people's lives and your own life so that you have the data to back it up. And then clearly what this person is saying is illogical and it doesn't make any sense. Without that practice, you don't really have anything to fact check, right? You don't have any way to, to double check if, if what they're saying is right or wrong. So you may even believe it. It's important to constantly reaffirm um, your mission statement, your personal vision uh, about who you are and what you're all about, so that you do have, um, you know, some uh, motive of double checking what other people are saying to you, whether they're true or not. You sometimes you don't have a choice um, if it's your boss at work, you know you should probably take their suggestions seriously. Um, if it's coworkers, you should take, take it seriously and try to make yourself more agreeable. Even if maybe they're wrong, just try to understand where they're coming from 
And a lot of times you actually find out that people are projecting their own insecurities onto you and that will come out later. And then that is another way to fact check and, and, and create data proving your self-worth. So reacting negatively, getting angry, emotional, things like that never actually creates positive reinforcement. It actually affirms what the other person is saying about you. So it's a, it's paramount. It's, it's, very important for you to um, prove to yourself in the moment of conflict that you can remain positive and calm just so that you can uh, just so the other person is in fact not correct. Yeah, uh, makes sense. Um, and I'll go and buy some. But if you, have, if you have, if there's a way that you can, if you have a way that 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 doesn't make sense. Feel free to kind of say yeah, it. Does. It makes sense. You explained it well. I just like to go back to the ego. Um, what? So yeah, I think I'd like to make this episode about the ego then. Uh, so starting off, what is the ego? Right. The ego is essentially our fabric of reality. It's, it's the way it's, it's, it's the web of reality that we interact with, right? If you like movies, right? The ego would be the matrix. Um, it's this vision of everything as it's supposed to be. Uh, it's also known in uh, Indian uh, or Sanskrit literature and, and Indian philosophy as Maya as kind of a, a an illusory um, movie screen in which our lives play upon and um, ego is the thing that runs all of it it's our story our persona um, it's it's not only individual though it is it is everything that's going on the only thing that's not ego is uh, spirit um So if you say the ego is everything that's going on, what about, so what about the ego in a person? Like when it tries to protect you, why does it do that? Yeah, our instinctive drive. The ego is built in with three um, protocols or, 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 or three uh, systems that say we do certain things. One of them is an instinctive part of the mind. Um, it's an instinctive uh, survival mechanism, fight or flight, um, protection um, or defense and security, things like that, survival. The other one is intellectual, the ability to think and question, and then intuition, uh, the ability to just know. So those are all built into to ego, thankfully. Um, so the intellectual part of the ego, uh, that I'm presuming links back to when you mentioned uh, statuses. Um, so, yeah, something to add everywhere around us, like we have hierarchies, whatever groups we're in, maybe friend group, that's hierarchy. Uh, our Indian, even for me, let's say university, I'm sure there are like several hierarchies that happen there. Um, oh, yeah. So, so, yeah. Um, so is the is it the ego that's trying to climb the hierarchy? Yeah, it's it's 
survival changes. The values of survival are are also on a hierarchy. Uh, if our if our if if we if we're good at one thing, um, the novelty of the world allows us to then be better at another thing. So if I go from an apartment to a house, um, the ego and, and and our status says, okay, a house is good, but that person has a bigger house or that person has more than one house. I can do that. I can do that. I can do that. Um, and, and status, we're always kind of looking at as how high can we achieve? Um, and that's what makes this world so exciting. Um, it is an adventure of, of, of status. And the key is to not, I mean, that's getting ahead of myself, but I know that how that sounds, um, you know, to always want something more and more and more, it can get exhausting. And it is exhausting and it will kill you if you're not careful, if you don't have balance and if you don't get your security with it. Um, status and, and ego need to be looked at as tools in order to have a fulfilling lifestyle and where you can help more people at a bigger scale um, and, and live a more comfortable existence. It will, it will essentially eat you alive if you're never um, satisfied with where you are. So it's, it's that being and becoming We're we're always trying to get better, but at the same time, where we are is, is also, um, you know, the, the best it, it can ever be. As long as we're secure inside of ourselves, the outer gains, uh, will not, um, inflate ego to the point of taking over the, uh, spiritual side of us or the intuition. Um, and it's interesting that you put it like that because I tend to hear things like you should try to get rid of your ego because it yeah. makes you a bad person and things like that. But you're saying it helps lead a fulfilling life, which is an interesting, an interesting yeah. perspective. Uh, right. You're right. You're absolutely right. That is the uh, common belief and the, the cliche kind of saying, um, but it's not true because ego is so important. Um, all of this stuff in life is important. So that's why uh, my, my mentors would say um, the world is not an illusion. The world is relatively important. It's relatively real and relative meaning you're inside of it. So don't wish it away. Uh, don't, don't, don't try to fight the world you're already in. Try to, try to excel, try to exceed and uh your your limitations and then um you know then when it's all said and done um then you can move on to another uh existence but for right now we're wrapped up inside of ego do your best to not let it control you use it as a tool and try to help as many people as you can along the way to remove ego is an impossibility it, that would mean you die um, so since we're alive and we promote life and, and health and wellness, we have to understand this thing that we're wrapped up in and, and use it as a tool instead of let it use us. And even in, even in the deepest states of uh, meditation, that's when ego has a chance to slightly um, disappear. And then it reappears once we come out of that deep state of meditation. So it's a balancing act of, of, uh, good habits of ego mitigation, but then, you know, in business in family life, raising children, uh, having career, uh, going from A to B to C, 
uh, ego is a very important part of that. And it should be respected as a powerful uh, source of energy. But is it the ego that stops us from being our genuine selves around other people? Like wearing a mask because we fear to reveal our genuine selves and then being judged for it. Is that the ego or something else? And how could someone overcome that? Yeah, that's a great point. It is the ego. The ego it has a bit of a, a negative side. The ego is a bit um, arrogant. It's um, Remember, the ego is all about survival first and status. So once those two are taken care of, then other things start to come into play. But unfortunately, in most of our lives, in most people, status and importance never actually get high enough to where they're content and they can start working on other aspects of their life. It's usually until they're like, they have this wake up call and until they start to change into intellect and intuition. But instinctive is pretty much the nature of most people, unless, as I mentioned, they have that wake up call where usually it's a near death experience or, um, you know, they become a parent and their life changes. They kind of mature all of a sudden. But before that maturity takes place, it's status um, and, and survival. So the way to um, the way to to conquer that is to mature and to um, have a in intradependent. Uh, reality there's dependent and independent so dependent means we 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 need something in order to survive and have status uh, independent we don't need anything uh, you know to survive and have status we're just good as an island interdependent or intradependent are the combination of all factors meaning that the group helps the individual and the individual helps the group. So we need a factor of dependence and independence to make interdependence. And then the combination of all three would be intra-dependent. And we're, we're just a, we become this cyclical uh, hierarchy of values where in this moment, I'm gonna need someone else to succeed. But in this moment, I'm gonna to have to push and succeed in order to get everyone else on board and to elevate everyone's status. The key is to never think so dependent that you become suffocated in, in ego or um, dependence and to never be so independent that you can never get um, someone, you can never let someone into your life and, and improve status together. How does that, being our genuine selves around other people? Our genuine selves around other people is the, the collective improvement of status. It's, it's, it's making sure everyone is thriving, not just you. That's how you kind of conquer the individual and, and independent aspect of ego is interdependence. Everyone can improve if I improve. And if everyone improves, I also improve. So in a practical sense, improve yourself and then try to help other people as well? Yeah. So let's say you're on a team of people. You'd say there's five people, um, one, two, three, four, and five, and, and you're a part of that team. Um, in independent, um, 
independent ego says, I'm going to succeed. Good luck to everyone else. A dependent ego says, um, hopefully one through five on the team knows this better than I do. And I, cause I don't know it that well. And, um, I'm, I'm too, you know, I'm, I'm too afraid to, to bring that to light. So hopefully they, they can pull me along. Um, you know, the complete elevated and, and mature aspect of scenario number three is, um, if I get better, then my whole team gets better. If my whole team gets better, then I get better. So let's be open, let's communicate, and let's all work together so that you know we improve as a whole. What about in a social setting when you're afraid to be a genuine self? Um, like I say, okay, um, I think I've given this example before. Uh, let's say when people are too scared to go up and sing karaoke, like they have to have drinks before to not be so nervous about it and to be able, yeah, to do it. Um, so in that kind of way, what advice would you have to overcome that kind of, like not wanting to show your genuine self to the world? You have to kind of let down your um, your walls of, of fear. So fear of judgment, right? You have to you have to change your perspective that everyone in the crowd is an is an interdependent that they understand your value to the karaoke and they they genuinely you know aren't going to hate you just because you're not a professional <laughs> once you relax and that's a great example because it happens all the time and and with any situation where you have to do a public thing you have to change your perspective that these people are not out to get you. They're actually deep down inside, just like you, and they want you to succeed. And, and they want, they want to elevate the, the, the moment and, and you doing the karaoke, whether you're good or bad, it's going to be awesome because it's going to be a story. It's going to be action. It's going to be entertainment. And, and, um, as long as you can laugh at yourself and kind of keep a loose weave and not take it too seriously, then no one else will. And, and everyone will have a good time. That's the key. You can't look at other people as they need me to be perfect. They, they need me to do this or else um, I'll be, I'll be, my status will go down. In fact, you know, it's kind of, being bad at karaoke is like the essence of karaoke. It, it's what makes it amazing. And to shy away from that is to not even understand the culture of karaoke. I see. But I, I know what you mean. Uh, yeah, I really like the answer. I think that's what I was trying to get at. Um, and I think something I should have asked before. So you mentioned um, the spirit being separate from the ego. So what kind of a relationship does the spirit and ego have? So the spirit can detach from the ego and use it as a tool and help navigate life through it. It's, it's, the, uh, it's the operating system, right? So the user being the spirit has a difficult time uh, manipulating the world, right? It can, it, can, it can get into the mind. Spirit can definitely infiltrate mind and use it and brain. But to move something in the world, to, to move matter, we need the physical body, right? It's, our, it's that way to bridge the gap between spirit and 
um, and, and the world. So we use ego and body as these tools. And the, the spirit will always have this detachment capability um, and it'll always be separate. Um, ego is different in that it's, its number one protocol is not to separate not to detach and not to be seen as or identified as independent. It is, it, it is a dependent fun, uh, functionality. It has a dependent functionality. Whereas spirit um, is interdependent. It can use both. It sees itself, but it also um, sees ego and says, okay, let's use this. Let's work with this. Um, ego says, I am all there is. And, um, that's what I say is, is what I, is what the law is. Um, once we switch identities, um, through yoga, like meditation and, and self development, it's literally called the journey or the path. Once we're on the journey or the path, um, we begin the re-identification. So we transform from ego identity to spirit. So we, we go from, seeing the world through the eyes of the ego to seeing the world through the eyes of, of the spirit, who we really are, our genuine selves. And then we get rid of fear. We get rid of a lot of things. Um, and uh, karaoke is no longer uh, the same burden as it, as it used to be. And, and we can be on this, any stage of life and we simply do our best. And, and, and that's all we can really ask for. Um, <clears throat> so I zoned out for the first part. Uh, did you explain what the path was? What the what was? You mentioned the path, uh, going on the path to yeah, to your spirit. I'm not sure how you phrase it. I don't remember. But the path or what is, yeah, what is the path? Uh, remember identity. It, it's the re-identification of of what you are. You're, you're not ego, you're spirit. But, but when you were born, no one really told you that. You had to kind of experience the world through ego. And then we learn as we get older, as we mature, that life is a little harder when it's all ego. It's much easier. Uh, it's much more fulfilling and satisfying if we can look from spirit first and, and use ego as a tool and not let it use us. That means when we're younger, when we're less mature and less evolved, um, money is a sense of security and, and happiness. Sex is a sense of security and happiness. Um, novelty is where we get our security. Um, clothing, uh, material gain uh, is our sense of security and happiness. And then eventually that creates a dual nature. So what that thing that makes us happy eventually makes us sad. And we wonder, why is this making us sad? I thought it made me happy. And that's when the, the transformation begins to learning about who we really are and what really satisfies us in this life. That's essentially the path or the journey. Yeah. So the path is just living life and questioning. Question, not questioning things, but um, what's the word? Reflecting. Uh, yeah, that's the, that's the transformation in the path. 
And what's the difference? The, well, the difference is it's a part of the path is failing. Part of the path is living through the ego in the beginning. That's what I mean by reflecting. But that's not always going to happen. It's just part way. It's oh, the, it's, okay. It's the, it's the integral part to, to, to realizing you're on the path. But for a lot of the path, we're actually blind as to the path itself. So the path cannot be the self-reflection part. That's just a part of it. That, that's the good part of it. But most people aren't, aren't, aren't actually there yet. They're, they're, still, they're still kind of thinking their ego, which is also part of the path. No, oh, no. So everything, life is the path. Uh, it, it is, it is indeed, it is indeed. Life, life in, is uh, awareness, consciousness itself is, is the journey um, and the reintegration or the re-identity of spirit as, as life is, is sort of the, the home stretch. It's, it's considered the, the part of the path that you actually gain wisdom. Every identity of spirit. Yeah. Once we can start living the path um, in that mode, right? Like, uh, like when Mario gets a mushroom and all of a sudden he's enhanced, right? That's mm -hmm. how we. That's how the path. That's when the path really gets enjoyable. It's it's okay. when we're enhanced. Good. Yeah. Um, I don't. Know. I don't have anything else to say. Is there anything you'd like to add? No, I mean that's a lot. That's a yeah. that's a, a neat way to break down um, some of the things that people can start thinking about. Um, yeah, any questions? Please do message us. Um, and yeah, it was a fun episode. Uh, thank you, Rosh. Great, thank you. Thank you for your time. <laughs>